<laughs> she said that's messed up. <laughs> she's she's heard my kitty comments already. Okay, we're finally on. If yeah, the online viewers didn't notice yet. My name is Dan and I love cats, period. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm living by faith. <laughs> I grew up with a cat. My sister had a cat. Sometimes I was the only one that would bite. But then we'd had this love relationship, love-hate thing. I would mess with it. I was a kid. I, yeah. It was funny. Wow. Thank you, God. You guys ready to roll? I'm trying to pull it together. Thank you, God. We're down to the last couple days of school. I'm just looking here. I had a couple things. Uh, I've been talking about teaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit and even explaining real clear scripturally the difference between your born-again experience, baptism of the Holy Spirit, that there's a distinct, separate two born-again experience, infilling of Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, recreated regeneration of Spirit, and baptism of the Holy Spirit. You follow what I'm saying? Would that be beneficial to students if I teach that out real clear scripturally so you can share with people, etc.? And if you're here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, evidence of other tongues, we can pray for you at the end of class. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, that would be certainly something we can receive today as Him. Holy Spirit's amazing. And uh, would that be beneficial if we cover that? Okay. So there's just a couple, because we're winding down, and tomorrow, because, I mean, we, we really, tomorrow and the next day, right, we're just going to do questions. So, and I don't know, how do you want, do you want to handle that in any special way, Sue? Do you want them to kind of write things down ahead, or should we just ask them as the classes? And s- that would be excellent to write them down and give, give them to me some today at break time, and then tomorrow again for Thursday. That would be the best. Yeah, for the way we've done the whole school, you guys know, you just lift your hand, we go as we're teaching, ask, and, and I don't mind, I'll take questions as they come, but if you write them down, we might get more than we can, can handle, so you have to understand that as well. And probably, see if you agree with me on this, uh, we really don't want to open this up to just cover all kind of topics or get theological and touch stuff that we haven't necessarily touched. You can open a door so wide there. What I'd really like, if you have questions, you're unsure of things that we've strongly covered and you still have some concerns, questions in that way. I mean, you can ask, you know, what I'm saying is you can ask a lot of questions about a lot of things, but the school had a pretty much a focus. So if you have questions concerning what would benefit you in the walking out of everything that's been imparted, that would probably be, does that make sense? I, I'm just saying, because I think on, online, a lot of questions have been coming in that are just straight up almost theological. <laughs> like Pastor told me there's a lot of theological questions that we haven't even touched the, scratched the surface of, but they're being asked, you know, because people just have questions. So I don't know that that's really what we're doing the next two days, is it, Sue? We're really just really pertaining to the school and what, you know, but we'll, we'll use discernment. If you write them down ahead of time, we'll, we'll uh, and anything Vicky asks, we just, well, we won't answer. <laughs> we will. We love you. <laughs> you don't have any questions. <laughs> she just told me she won't ask them for me. 
<laughs> no, look at Vicky. You're so funny. Is she a good play actor or what? She comes up here. Well, good morning, students. I thought we are in. I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh God, I love you. You're fun. You're a lot of fun. Uh, so try to keep your questions. To, 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 to a lot of what we covered. Fair enough? Yeah. Fair enough. And, and if you, you know, we'll look. You write them down. If you do have something that, that, that we'll just make a decision on it. So thank you, Lord God. Okay. Let's cover, let's cover that a little bit. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you. We're winding down. We just thank you for everything you've been imparting and do. And just thank you for the friendships, the relationships that have been formed here. Thank you for every online student. And we just pray that truth just continue to speak to our hearts, transform our lives. We just thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for the great privilege of just being together for all these weeks. It's, It's been fun. And we just thank you that it's possible because Jesus came and gave us truth and showed us the way. We love you, Lord Jesus. We really honor you, and we really thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making it so clear through the life that you lived and the resurrection and just giving us the word of God. How thankful we can all take time to really be if we think about it. The price that was paid to get the word in our hands, the people that paid a price, the the history behind it. And here we are in the year 2011 and we're not uninformed. We have the word of God. And we thank you, Father, that you made it possible. And your great love, it's just amazing. Thank you. Let today just be led by you. Let everyone understand clearly this wonderful person of Holy Spirit that we have. And just the beautiful part that you play, Holy Spirit, in our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Uh, well, let's just start in John. Let's go to John 4. I just, I just want to show you some scriptural stuff here, okay? Thanks, God. I mean, there's a, there's a lot we can, can cover here, so I'm not sure how. We'll probably really cover it. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. It's going to be more of really a teaching you know I pour my heart we cover a lot of topics and stuff but we kind of preach it out sometimes I'm probably going to really go line by line here and just really teach a little it'll be a little different maybe this morning just because we're on a topic okay so bear with that because you guys haven't been used to that I usually don't do that so but today I will Jesus is at the well and the woman of Samaria is there you guys know the story John 4 right he says if you knew verse 10 John 4, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She says that the well is deep. You have nothing to draw with. Where are you going to get this? And are you greater than our father Jacob? It's funny, isn't it? She's talking to Jesus. She doesn't know. <laughs> are you greater? Jesus is so humble. He's amazing. <laughs> Think about that, man. <laughs> she's talking to the one that nothing was made unless it was made through him. And she said, are you greater than our father Jacob? Because she doesn't know. Uh, Jesus is just amazing. He's standing there in the flesh. It's just humbling. I think about that stuff. I'm sitting on my bed, read stuff like this. I'm like, Jesus, you're so amazing. 
Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Is that amazing or what? He's talking about men having the right to be born again, filled once again with the life of God and the spirit of God. Uh, I want you to look at John 7 real quick. He's talking about everlasting life. Remember how the Bible says that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God in you is your seal for the day of redemption, right? That's what makes you wheat and not a tear. (laughs) It's that the Spirit of God's in you. There's light in you. There's life in you. It's not death. It's not darkness. The day you eat the tree, Adam's the day you surely die. He did not fall over dead. Something on the inside slipped away, died, was separated. You get it? You know he didn't fall over dead, so God was talking about something else. So in uh, John 7, 38, he who believes in me as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. John 4, he said there's a fountain springing up into everlasting life. John 7, he's talking about something flowing out of your heart. There's a wellspring in you. There's something bubbling up all the time. It's called everlasting life. You're born again. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. In John 7, he's talking about flowing out of you. Something flowing out of you. Like contact transmission. You lay your hands on the sick and the sick are recovering. There's things going on in the Spirit, right? Watch this. It says, but this he spoke, verse 39, concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. (laughs) So he's telling you, you will receive him, right? Would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he didn't yet be crucified. He wasn't, he didn't spend the time in the grave. He wasn't raised from the dead. He didn't apply his blood to the mercy seat. We talked about that. And he didn't sit down at the right hand of God yet. So the Holy Spirit wasn't, poured out yet it says or given yet isn't that amazing I want you to look at John 20 there's going to be a lot of scriptures it's a little different class today because I'm teaching a topic so bear with me and stay with the scripture In John 20, I teach it all the time. It's amazing. It's very intimate. In verse 16, he says to Mary, he says her name, Mary. She's thinking he's the gardener, right? And uh, he says, Mary, and she turns, and you women are wonderful. I can just imagine many of you in this scene. You'd have done the same. Rabboni! And she's probably making a beeline for his feet and his garment. She ain't letting go, baby. He's like, whoa, don't cling to me. I got to get up to the Father and put my blood on the mercy seat. Hang on, I'd love to chill with you all day, but, but I got to go. <laughs> Seriously, that's what happened. You know, uh, I heard a preacher once say, and uh, it's funny because I've blanked out. I totally don't remember who said it, but I heard a preacher say, because you don't need to remember that part because that's what you remember people for then. But I do remember a preacher at some point in my Christianity saying that Jesus didn't want her to touch him because he didn't want her to defile him. And I'm like, how can you defile Jesus? 
If you touch Jesus, you're clean. <laughs> you don't, you can't touch Jesus and defile him. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> He's, you want to touch Jesus, you know. It's like, like men have the power to change him. He has the power to change men. So well, the, the key is that he wasn't finished yet. He says this here. Don't cling to me because I haven't yet ascended to the Father. He, he, he's, he just raised from the dead. And, and, and Mary's there and she wants to probably talk all about it. What? But I saw you die. Where have you been? But oh Lord. Uh, come on, imagine the emotion of it. Come on, they watched him die. They're so broken and sad. He's the best thing that ever was. And they watched him die. And now he's they're coming to bring spices and pay their respects and honor. And they're just going to hang around the tomb and remember him and cry all day probably. And they go there and the stones rolled away. And they think somebody stole him. They're devastated. And all of a sudden he hears Mary and he looks, she looks and he's standing there. Come on, think about it. It's not like... Oh, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. She's like, oh. It was probably Ramoni. Oh. She's diving. Because <laughs> if she gets his robe, he probably ain't going to get her off. <laughs> I lost you once. I ain't losing you again. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my goodness. Now look what he says, I'm ascending to the Father. But here's what he says, I like this. He says, but go to my brethren. Isn't that amazing, the love of God? Guess what he called them? His brethren. He didn't say, you go to those spineless, fear-driven, you go to those betraying bunch of guys, I need to talk to them. Ooh, that's how we'd feel if we don't understand the gospel. Growing up in the world, big betrayal. I poured my life into you and you couldn't stand with me. You said you loved me when you didn't love me at all. That's how people think apart from truth. Jesus is calling him his brother and isn't that restoration, isn't that restoring? He hasn't changed his mind about Peter, James or John. He hasn't changed his mind about anything. Isn't that awesome? You go tell my brethren. Where are they right now? They're in a huddle afraid of the Jews. They're not in a faith-filled prayer meeting. They're in fear of the Jews. And he's calling them my boys. You go tell my brethren. I love it. Oh. He doesn't change his mind about us, guys. His love is designed to bring the best out in us. He could have said a lot of things in the natural and been totally right. And he just called them my brethren. And guess whose father he's going to? His father and your father. Father means come forth from. That means you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and his will and desire and destiny for you. You're the will of God. <laughs> it's just so fun to me. I'm ascending my father and your father to my God and God, in its simplest sense, the word God means source of life. So he's the source of life, and you came forth from him. So he's just called, you, called him Father God. Father God, the, the, the source of life which you came forth from. Amen? Or you came forth from the source of life. 
Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yo, I just feel that all over. It's just good. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a hoer here in a minute. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I really am. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Don't you get that way on me sitting in the front. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the same day in the evening being the first day of the week, Randy, sorry, she's just scaring me. The, uh, the, the doors were shut. The disciples were assembled for fear of, fear of the Jews. They weren't assembled because they're in faith. They're afraid. They're, they're, they're hanging together. It's all good. Jesus came, stood in their midst and said, what? Peace to you. When he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw it was the Lord. Now look what he said again, peace to you. Now watch, this is powerful. We've covered this stuff, but it's just so powerful. He said, as the Father has sent me, you, you try to find me a limitation in this. See, we were, grew up, we grew up, all of us grew up probably with mentalities, mentalities projected that reveal great limitation. Well, that's Jesus. Well, that was Jesus. And we think it's presumptuous to say anything less. In fact, uh, the Lord, remember last, yesterday we ended on how Peter said you killed him, etc. And we were talking about the moment of godly sorrow that leads to repentance and the conviction of sin for the receiving of righteousness. Remember that? And the Lord really spoke to me on the way home and I thought, man, now it just came to me. It's really neat. Because we, we take things and we get out of balance with stuff. It's, it's obvious all through the word that Paul wrote a letter and said, I rejoice that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow was in a godly manner. So he pointed something out to them, and they went, oh, and they were transformed because of the revelation. And, 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 and then what we do is sometimes this whole pointing out sin, and, and we, we, sometimes we think that the lower we make ourselves, the more we exalt God. Yeah. And that's what a lot of us grew up with. So we have to bear witness of our ability to fail and the wretchedness of our heart and our sinfulness. And, and people think that the lower we make ourselves, the more that's exalting God. When God wants us to come up hither and be one with him and fill us with his spirit. He actually says who he called, who he predestined, he called. This is Romans 8. Who he called, he, who predestined, he called. Who he called, he justified. Who he justified, he glorified. Well, how could he glorify man? By filling man with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That's a pretty big deal. Now the Christ lives in us. Come on, that doesn't make you nobody. That makes you sons and daughters. And we, most of us, who grew up with a mentality that the lower you made yourself and the more you bore witness to your ability to fail, the more humble you were and the more that was exalting of God. And that is absolutely not the truth. And then people saw that and then they wanted to go way over this way and just never talk about anything about man or sin or anything, just, just the goodness of God and the love of God, which is what I preach. You guys know that. But it came through, remember how I told, me, told you how I had that experience in Tennessee and the Lord said you were sin conscious for a moment. See, if, you're not, if you don't see your need for a savior, you, you'll never embrace him in love. You, you, you have to, we have to see our need for a savior. He, he loved me when I was totally unlovely. I was living literally like a wretch. I was so selfish, but I was assuming that I was okay. Yeah. 
And when I saw that, I went, <gasps> when I realized that, it was, a, it was the healthiest thing that could ever happen to me. <gasps> oh, and I didn't want that ever again in my life, but I don't have the power to change that, but I can want that changed. So when I look to him and cry out, I don't ever want this again. I want you, whatever that means. I, I want you. And he's, <laughs> and he said, okay. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So then watch. From that moment on, it's never again about sin. Never again about sin. But it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So that's why I, I don't go pointing out sin. I don't try to make people recognize their sin. If they recognize the goodness of God, the light shines. People see their need for a savior. They realize where their heart really is. I've seen it a whole lot. And it, it's a real humble thing. It's not a condemnation or, oh my God, I need to get right with God. Yeah, my life's a mess. And then you see people, no, when you see his goodness, when you see his love for you and realize that you haven't lived all that lovely, that means something on the inside. So we've gotten, we've taken it to two different extremes. There's preachers that are afraid to preach righteousness really clear because they're afraid they're gonna enable people to stay the same. Are you kidding me? If you preach righteousness clear, it empowers you to change. Okay. So watch what's happening here. Peace to you. As the Father, you find a limitation for me in this because I can't find one. So if you can find one, help me out and help me understand because as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Same commissioning, reconciling the world to God by not imputing their sins. You're now ambassadors, right, to God and of Christ, doing the same thing, walking in love, showing mercy, making peace, revealing Christ. As the Father, same kingdom, using the power of his name. Remember Matthew 28, all authority. How much authority? In heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore. See the relationship? All authority is given to Jesus. And immediately after he said that, he said, go therefore. Why? Because he already sees us as one, as his church, as his people. So he's saying, the authority I have, you go in it and do the same things I've done. I don't know how we ever muddied that up along the way because it's crystal clear in our Bibles and the Spirit of God is in us and with us. Yeah. Now watch what he says. He says, as the Father sent me, I send you. And then he breathes on them. This is fascinating to me. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now I always teach this out and I'll do it the same today. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Okay, I always teach this out, I'll do it the same today, and then I want to look at Luke 24 and ask you a question and show you something, and then we're going to look at something. What did he do when he breathed in this, into them? He said what? Receive. Receive the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to show you in a minute, in Luke 24, he tells them to tarry in the city and receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit who will come upon you. Well, wait a minute, he just breathed on us and we received Holy Spirit. Why we got to tarry in the city and receive the Holy Spirit? He just, you just breathed on us and said receive the Holy Spirit. When he breathed on them, you have to understand that when God created man in the garden, he breathed into Adam and Adam became a living being. When Adam ate the tree, he said, the day you eat the tree is the day you surely die. This is the most beautiful picture. John 20 is one of the most heart-touching to me personally pictures in my whole Bible. 
Because here's what it reveals. It reveals God has never lost sight of who he made us to be. He's never, he's never let go of the dream, so to speak. He's, he's never relented or relinquished. He gives Jesus the honor. He's the last Adam. He's the second breath of life and the second breath of God to man. He's the redeemer. He, he's the one that restored all things. It, it came through him. What a better person. There's no better person. He, he stands and he represents the same heart of God from the beginning and, does, and breathes life back into man. It's the same picture of the Garden of Eden. He just breathes life right back into man. Watch. Because he went and ascended to the Father, put his blood, not the blood of bulls and goats, his own blood once for all. <laughs> so now his blood's there. He's back down in the same day, in the evening. He shoots back down to earth. His blood's in position, speaking better things, right? Watch. So now... This is the part that, this is what we've got to get. This is why you can never live condemned. Live out of a pure heart. And even if you stumble, your pure heart will go, and you'll run right to dad. You see what I mean? Watch this. For him to do that and repaint that picture, go and put his blood and shoot back and say peace to you, what did he just do? He just made peace between you and God through his blood. And then said, as the Father sent me, I send you. And then he went, live again. Watch, watch. Live again as if sin never happened. Come on. As if sin never, ever happened. Ah. I'm not trying not to sin. I'm enjoying being a son. And as I'm being a son, I walk way free from sin. And the world goes, oh, a lot of the church goes, whoa, that's blasphemy. Well, you'll see one day that I'm right. (laughs) And that's not arrogant. It doesn't mean you can't stumble. But even if you do, you just run right back to Father because you understand His love that you're more than sin. You're created to be a son. Jesus Himself paid the price, went to the Father, put His own blood to get me this way. It's His idea. I didn't petition Him. I was in the dark. I didn't even know. I didn't know who I was. He knew. (gasps) But what did He do? receive Holy Spirit they were getting born again life that was lost came back inside the light that was lost came back inside they were regenerated they were made alive again but then look in Luke 24 Luke 24. Oh, isn't that a good message, the gospel? (laughs) It's good news. (laughs) See, if we'll start there, right there, what we just preached, and you realize that when Jesus breathes, his blood is enough to erase sin forever as if it never happened. That doesn't mean you don't take account for your life from this point on. It sobers you so much though. You live diligent. You live honorable. It's his first love you're receiving then and now you just love him. How can I love one so lovely? One that did something so... It's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life, this story. The gospel. 
I've never heard anything so amazing in my life. Without a question, it's without one demand, without a contract, without prenuptial agreement. <laughs> well, I'll let you in if. Sign here. No, I'll let you in because I love you and know who you are. And if you keep your eyes on me, I'll manifest the truth about your life in me. Just walk before me in love, in humility, in repentance, in truth. And I'll make you everything I've designed you to be from the beginning. Come on, that's God. Luke 24. Thus, <laughs> thus it is, can I, can I, can I, I and this is, this is just, listen, this, the, what I just preached to you in the last 15 minutes was hidden from me my whole life, even though I went to church my whole life. And I'm not being bashing church, what I'm saying is, isn't it amazing it was hidden? It's because of the things we talked about, about a real war going on, there's a real strategy out there. Remember yesterday, the wiles and our response and... He's trying to cover over truth because truth's what makes you free. He doesn't really really care if you believe in God. He cares that you keep on struggling in your belief of God. Mm -hmm. That you keep on feeling less than and trying harder and giving up and never get it and never be. He, He loves when you don't understand grace and mercy, the enemy. He's purposing to shatter your ability to just believe the clearest message. Make it difficult. Try to drain your heart and squeeze you dry. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I feel so alive, it's ridiculous. I don't even know what to do. I'm like, yesterday, I was shouting in my truck. I'm like, God, we are absolutely, we are gone, man. <laughs> I get alone and get that way. I do my best when I'm around you. <laughs> Because I have to teach. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. This is good news. Oh, I feel like the first day of school. We just go back and preach righteousness and redemption. Oh. Okay. Verse 44. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all these things must be fulfilled. He just comes from the dead, guys. And, 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 and he's reconnecting with his disciples and he appears to them uh, a couple times through the, through, the, through the gospels. If you follow it and pattern it, you can see. And uh, I love this, I, I read this stuff. In all, things, in all things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And then look what he did, verse 45. When I read this years ago, I said, well, if he did it for them and I'm in this new covenant, he'll do it for me. And I didn't say things like, well, I don't understand my Bible. And then get discouraged and give myself a permission not to read it. You know how many Christians I've found that say they don't read their Bible because they don't understand it? No, thank you, Father, you give me understanding. And I'm going to read this thing until I understand it because your grace is sufficient. And I'm not going to put it down because it's the answer to life. And I'm not going to cop out and submit to human wisdom because when you don't read your Bible, you're subject to human opinion and human feeling and human emotion. And you actually don't realize this, but you're giving yourself to the way that seems right to man. Because if you don't know truth, how can you be defended by truth? How can you fight with truth if you haven't filled it in your heart? How can, you even, how can lies even be exposed if truth isn't in you? 
How will you ever see the difference? You could hear lies your whole life and go, yeah, it's the way that seems right to a man. But the more you fill your heart with the word, the more these things get exposed and illuminated because everything that makes known is the light. The light exposes, reveals, and makes known what's dark. And it's powerful. So a Christian, the greatest thing we can do is fill our heart with the truth. So please don't, please don't just say, well, you know, I, I just don't understand. I don't read, I just, I, I do listen to teaching tapes, etc., but I don't read the Bible much because I don't understand it. Man, look what he did. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend scriptures. I'll tell you, the best thing you can do is open up your Bible when nobody's looking, nobody's around, and say stuff like this. Lord, I'm not reading this for head knowledge, and I'm not reading this to know what it says. I must know you. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to give me a revelation of the Father, of the Son, and of my fellowship with you. And when I read this, I'm believing. As I fill my heart with it, you'll bring it to my remembrance, and every time I need, you'll show me truth, because you love me. See, that's a whole lot different than just trying to read. You get in faith. You, you be in faith and in relationship in everything you do. I have laid already on my bed and just rocked like this holding my Bible saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I haven't even read it. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I know I'm about to get lit up with understanding and truth. And you're going to change my world. <laughs> and then you start reading and I'm telling you it's just good and there's times where you'll read this much and it'll Pow! and there's times you'll just fill your heart with the word there's times I've read chapter upon chapter and then Holy Spirit just bring it to my remembrance or in times of need and I was saved very short time and people were like how do you know that how can you how do you they were like it was the Holy Spirit. I was in relate. I wasn't just reading it for head knowledge. I was reading my Bible to know the Lord. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. It's not a history book. It's a book of life and truth. Amen. Okay. So he opened our understanding. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Do this with me. I rarely do this stuff, but do this. Just put your hand on your on your forehead. Say thank you, Father. I have understanding. If you gave it to them, you give it to me. I'm not lacking anything. You're my father. Thank you. My eyes see. My heart knows. Because you love me. Amen. Thus this was written that it was necessary for Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. This is all Jesus talking here. Now watch what he says. Behold, I send you the promise of, the fa- of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so if you go to Acts with me real quick, I told you I'm teaching a little different today. I got a little back to the way I like to talk a while ago, but I'm trying to cover verses and, and set up. That is different for me. Go back to Acts chapter 1. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So this is Luke 24. Remember? Luke 24, go tarry for the promise of my Father. 
So now they're talking about this. He's writing about this. So here they are. So they're there waiting for the promise of the Father. Well, what's the promise of the Father? We just know that you're endued with power. What's that mean? Well, he's going to explain it. Watch. But he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water. This is red letter. If you have a red letter edition, you'll see that he's quoting what Jesus said. So this is the rest of the story. That's how your Bible works. It's really cool. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples, but in John 20, he breathed on them and said, receive Holy Spirit. So when he said, receive Holy Spirit, do you think something happened? Or do you think maybe that went missed and the prayer didn't quite reach the throne? Something happened. They were born again. Life came on the inside of them. It was a well springing up into everlasting life. But what's about to happen now is a river flowing out of your belly like living water. You get it? There's a difference between the well springing up and the river flowing out. (laughs) The well springing up is your eternal life, your born again experience. It's God breathing back inside of you and you're now a living being. But the river flowing out, this he spake of the Holy Spirit who had not yet come yet. Because he had not yet been glorified. There's a big difference between the two. Now watch this. For truly he baptized John with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. I thought we received Holy Spirit. See? Do you see? There's two different things he's talking about here. One's your born-again experience where the Spirit of God comes inside of you and puts life on the inside of you. It's what makes, when the angels come in that day, like the the parables of the big dragnet and the fishes and all that, the wheat and the tear, it's what makes you a keeper fish. God looks at you and goes, poop, light. The angels go, oh, there's light, there's light. And they can see it's your seal for the day of redemption. It's the born-again experience. It's life instead of death. It's light instead of dark. It's righteousness instead of unrighteousness. Oh, you get it? That's what he was talking about. But here he's saying, you shall receive Holy Spirit. Well, if you don't, it's like people say, well, you receive the Holy Spirit when you get born again. Well, that's true. And you can receive both when you get born again. In today's church age and culture, it seems so... The, the teaching and the soul's been violated. You can go to a fresh country that's never heard the gospel, preach Jesus, and, and that they'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they get saved and just start praying in tongues. They get born again, pray in tongues, they ain't even been baptized in water yet. Because they don't have anything, they haven't been taught anything else. And the innocence of their life, there's no block of the soul. We've been taught, a lot of us heard little whispers growing up. Well, you know, that tongues thing ain't for today. Well, baptism, well, you get the Holy Spirit when you're saved. I don't know why they talk about all that Holy Spirit stuff. And that stuff, you'd be amazed how it poisons you and it puts things in and it gets little blocks and little strongholds and little things and it, it makes it hard for you to receive because you don't want to open yourself up to something you're not sure about and all this fear and vulnerability and now you're close to something that wants to come and empower you to be a witness. Come on, it's so scriptural. One of the first signs of a believer, you'll, you'll cast out devils and you'll speak with new tongues and somehow we've, we've struggled over that. 
Well, that was for them. Well, it says it's for the believer that comes through them. In Acts 2, he said he's the Spirit of God. He'll come upon you just like he's come upon us and to as many generations as far off as would believe. Acts chapter 2 says that. So I bet he's for me. You know what happened to me? I got saved Sunday night. Woke up Monday morning. Got up in bed. Woke up. Knew I was saved. I hardly slept. I woke up. I stood up. Jesus, I was praying in tongues like crazy. Now how are you going to take that from me? How are you going to tell me that ain't for today? When I woke up in the morning, didn't have anybody influencing me. I didn't have anybody doing nothing. I just, but I didn't, I didn't know to not believe. I didn't have any. I just was sold out, surrendered. Jesus was consuming my heart. The love was overwhelming. And all I could do was pray in the spirit and be filled with him. That's like all I could do. <laughs> it was a good day. Isn't that sweet? Now watch this. You'll be... You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized, baptized, immersed into, dipped into. Man, you, you know how you, who's a cookie dipper? You baptize the cookie into the milk. And the milk and the cookie become one. <laughs> and, and, and it's a cookie in there. It's a cookie in there. But what's all, what's encompassing the cookie? I use the, about living through Christ and baptized into Christ, I use the stick and paint. You've heard me do that. You run the stick through the, the white paint can. You being the stick, Jesus the white paint. When the stick comes through the white paint, it's still a stick. But all you see is the paint and two have become one. You live through Christ. You're baptized into Christ. Oh, it's still a stick. That's the way they made the old... The old the old tabernacle, the old, and the, and the Ark of the Covenant, all that, and they inlaid in the gold and the wood. It's all symbolic. It's, it's actually a picture of what we're talking about. Wow. It really is. Because it's like I live in a body, but I don't live in the flesh because I'm immersed in Holy Spirit. I live by the Spirit, but I'm a man. But we don't live by the flesh, we live by the Spirit. So we're baptized in Holy Spirit. We really can look like sons and daughters. Watch this. Baptized with Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together and asked, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. You know what's cool about that? You don't need to know. Just be sincere and sell out now. If people would know what time Jesus was coming, the churches would be packed 24 hours ahead. They would just go live and then they'd come for themselves to try to get in and say, hey, save me. God's taken that all away. All away. Because a lot of stuff we do is self-preservation. It's fear. It's for ourselves. And the, and the born-again experience has to be a death to yourself. And God doesn't even put the human heart in the position to be tempted by that and just live right up to the moment. And then, Because how do you find repentance when if you knew you had two more weeks, you wouldn't repent? then you're, you can't even repent if that's the truth. Because repentance is a change of mind. That's why willfulness is a very treacherous thing. Because people say, people, people get caught in sexual stuff. I've known this as a pastor for a long time. They say, oh, well, I know we shouldn't. Yeah, I know, yeah. Wow. They say, well, he'll forgive us. 
And then they get right back in it again. Well, look, I know, yeah, well, but he'll forgive us. And you're really playing with fire and you're violating your conscience because what you're saying is, I want my, 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 my cake and eat it too kind of thing instead of, you know what, I gotta get an understanding of why where this isn't just a law and legalistic because I keep throwing myself in. Next thing you know, I'll sear my conscience and all this, it's not. That's why people are afraid because of that experience. Pastors are afraid to preach righteousness because they're afraid that people say, oh well, God will just forgive me anyway. But see, if that's your attitude, there's no place for repentance because you already, you wanted to do it and you know you're gonna do it again. There's a place for a change of heart. There's a place to say, wow, I know why this isn't edifying. I see now in truth why this isn't something God desires. And then it's not a law anymore. Now it's love and relationship. Why would I give myself to this if it creates this, if it it robs me of this? And all of a sudden you teach out the truth. I get young people together and teach them the truth on sexuality. You'd be amazed how the girls just break out and bawl because of the beauty of it. And they wish somebody taught them sooner. The guys squirm a little because guys are a little different sometimes. Not all guys. Not all guys. I love you, Jesse. You're a good guy. <laughs> I just know some things about Jesse. He's amazing. Some guys squirm in that meeting. I had the guys, I had one guy sit there and get red mad, and he's a Christian. Man, you just cut me off. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said in the meeting. And I said, buddy, maybe you probably ought to just get born again. (laughs) Die to your flesh. Because you don't understand. And I actually had to ask her to leave the room so I could talk to him straight without her sitting there. So I ain't playing with that stuff. I'm going to put truth in you and give you a chance to be honorable. <laughs> See how I am right now. But I got you thinking, I don't ever want to get alone with him in the room. <laughs> See how, I'm not a bad guy alone in the room. I, I just don't, I, I won't compromise and I won't do you the injustice of compromising. I will give you every reason why so that you're empowered to not just legalistically, well, I, I, I can't, but I want to. That's the most terrible way to live. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to. Could you see a, a relationship? Oh, I really want to, honey. Yeah, I know, but we can't. You know, we can't. Yeah, I know, but I, mean, I want to. Yeah, I know, but oh God, well, maybe God. <laughs> That's like terrible. I give people every reason to know and the honor of why not and teach them the truth about it where it's not just a law. And that's with everything. That's with everything. We're not just trying to follow a law. We're in a relationship of love. There's things that I would never do in my life. Why? Because of the ramifications to others. Because of the, what this, because I'm in love. Why would I want, I want this. And that empowers me to walk very clean and straight. The things that used to pull me don't even have a voice anymore. Because of what I see. I'm in love. Do you get it? So I'm not trying not to sin. Oh God, are you guys okay? We covered all this in school. It feels like the first day. It's not for you to know the times. Why? Just repent and die to yourself so you can finally live, right? And just be sincere. You don't need to know the times because you don't need the time to be your motivation. Here's how general God talks. Look, the days are short. 
redeem the times, they're evil, they're, they're, you're closer to that day than when you first believed, so arise, shine, let Christ give you light, awake, you who sleep, come on, let's go, we're getting closer, let's live this thing, that's all he talks like that, and you don't know when that is, but you just know one thing, you're a day closer, so why not live sober, amen, and leave a legacy, Look at this, verse eight. But you shall receive power. What? Man, yeah, that's the word dunamis. You shall receive power. So the other word for power that's authority, we see we've already received that. So we got a lot of power going on here if we'd ever understand. (laughs) We got the power of authority and the power, working power of God, like the dynamite of God. So you got the express power of God and the authority power of God. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. That word power is authority. This word is the dynamite power, the dunamis, the right? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So he comes to live with you, to be upon you, to be in you, to be with you. Two places Paul talks about the communion and fellowship of Holy Spirit. Koinonia. Yeah. Okay? Fellowship. You have communion. Fellowship, communion, co-union with Holy Spirit. Two places. Philippians chapter 2 and 2 Corinthians 13. Very last two verses or something. Last verse. That the, grace, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's why I like to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, always proclaim Him. Because you can baptize in the name of, the, of Jesus, and it's the same because He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And there's circles out there that say you can only baptize in Jesus' name, Jesus only. I personally... Unless somebody has a request, I don't care. I won't get hung up on it. It means the same thing. But I like people to see the love of the Father that sent the Son and released the grace and introduced us to the co-union with this wonderful person called Holy Spirit. (laughs) And I like people to know that where they never feel alone. Where God's not out there in a cloud somewhere. Do you hear me? Don't you see what's going on down there? That is not our relationship with the Lord. He is right on the inside of me. I have sat for many hours in my life. Holy Spirit, you're so awesome in me. Thank you. You're the one that gives me wisdom. You show me truth. You reveal Christ to me. You show me things to come. You're truly my helper. You're my best friend. I love you so much. (laughs) You get it? You say, well, you can't talk to him. You're supposed to talk to the Lord. You're only supposed to pray the Father in Jesus' name. Communion, co-union with the Holy Spirit. Patty and Terry are in co-union. You guys ever talk? No? Let me find another, let me find another couple. <laughs> watch, watch. Now, seriously. If they never talked, they'd have never got to know one another. They'd have never got married. They didn't just walk by each other and then one day just become one. And then they're living together, but it's as if they don't know they're there. <laughs> I know you've tried that over the years. <laughs> but then Jesus came. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but do you see? Communion, co-union. So can I talk to the Holy Spirit? Are you kidding me? Let's back up here to John. Let's go to John 14. That'll work. 15, 16. They'll all work. <laughs> they will. They'll all work. I promise you. So we just realized that there's a difference between your born-again experience and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Because Jesus breathed on them in John 20 and said, receive Holy Spirit. If Jesus said, receive Holy Spirit, do you think they did? Absolutely. But then he told him to tarry in the city and wait for the promise of the Father and be due with power on high. And you'll be baptized in Holy Spirit not many days from now. So it's absolutely two separate occasions. We'll prove it a couple different times because you're going you're to talk to me. How many people know a lot of people and I've heard a lot of people say, well, you get the Holy Spirit when you're saved. Well, we already have him. And then if you talk anything about tongues, because a lot of circles got really tonguey over the years, and he's tonguey, and, and then it freaks people out. People are like, well, that tongues thing's of the devil, or tongues ain't for today. Well, they're just gibberish. They're just, you know, and there's all kinds of stuff going on out there. But if you look at the Word, and you really look at the Bible, and do what we're doing line by line, and just go through, it makes all the sense that it could possibly make. Okay, John. Yeah. I thought I saw your hand. You didn't have it high, but I caught it out of the corner of my eye. So uh, the, the, the born-again experiences, the new wine skins, and then the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the new wine? Oh, I like that. That's good. So. That's good. I could say yes to that. that uh, there's, there's, there's a transition from law to grace in all that too when he talks about new wine skin and new wine it's a new and living way it's a new testament new covenant in his blood so but I that works for me I like that yeah <laughs> but it means more than that it, it, it actually it's, it's a change of covenant it's law of sin and death law of the spirit of life through Christ new wine skin by grace not man's works uh-huh, absolutely. But when he's talking about the patch, that's what he's talking about. So that's why Paul received so much persecution and beatings and stonings because people weren't understanding that little parable. <laughs> so he had to take a pretty good whooping because of that. <laughs> but if they'd have just understood that. So Jesus is a new and living way. You know, you guys know, because I threatened you all <laughs> in the love of God to never ask an old covenant question challenging new covenant healing. And we covered that really extensive. And thankfully, none of you are cru- crucified in the parking lot. Right, Sue? Because she wanted to edit that out of, the, out of the tape. She said, we have to edit that. We can't. You said we're going to crucify in the hot sun anybody. that I said, we are. I said, we're not edify- e- editing nothing. I said, if God said, the day you eat the trees, the day you surely die, then in this school, the day you ask that question is the day you... <laughs> and no one dared to ask. <laughs> I don't think you were even thinking of asking just because we answered the question. That was a powerful day. Some of you cried hard the whole time. It would be good to go back to that session and just get that really in you. John 14, are you all there? Verse 16 says, I will pray to the Father. Well, this is good. If Jesus is going to pray to the Father, this thing's a done deal. Remember Peter? Peter, Satan's got a scheme set against you, but I have prayed. Uh, I will pray to the Father, 
and he will. Do you see how God talks? I will pray. He's not, he's not like, it's not a good intent. It's not like, oh my gosh, yeah, I said I'd pray. No, I forgot. I'm sorry, I got busy. <laughs> I will pray. <laughs> and look what the Father will do. He will give you another. The word another is alos in the Greek. It means the same kind as, just like. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to leave you guys, but take heart. Don't be disheartened. You ought to be excited because if I didn't go, the helper wouldn't come. Yeah, but we like you here. No, 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 you don't understand. See, if I'm just here, it's just me, and you'd all have to run and cling to me. But if he comes, he'll live inside of you and multiply me in you as many as would believe. Come on. (laughs) That's why it wouldn't be profitable, because then the Holy Spirit wouldn't come, because then we'd just have to go to where Jesus is. But because he was crucified, raised from the dead, and at the right hand of God, now he comes to where we are and lives inside of us, and we all walk with him. So powerful. Now watch, another helper. So here's what Jesus is literally saying. He's saying, listen, I'm going to go, but I'm praying to the Father. He's going to send another helper. He'll do in my absence what I would do if I was here. Now see, if we really understand the Bible, we'd have never, never picked up on these things we grew up with. Well, that was in the disciples' days. Well, that was when Jesus, well, the days of healing is over and miracles, da-da-da. No, he said, I'm sending you one that's going to do in my absence what I do if I'm here. He's another. He's just like me. So why would anything change if God doesn't change? And he's coming to live inside of us and with us. That's why we lay our hands on the sick. Because we're very involved in this equation. (laughs) Right? And it's not just that. It's what we talk about the whole school. It's not just the fun stuff. It's, it's, well, it is fun to me, this part. The love, forgiveness, mercy, and peacemaking. It's fun because that's when you're really free. Because the animosity, the hurt, the pain, the unforgiveness is miserable in bondage. Come on. So the Spirit of God upon us entitles us to live the God life from God's heart. Yeah, it's really good. So I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you on occasion. (laughs) Forever. He will never leave you, never forsake you. Holy Spirit is coming and he is not leaving. Come on. Look who he is. He's the spirit of truth. People say, you'll watch. You watch, I'll show you some of this stuff here that Jesus says about Holy Spirit. People say, well, God doesn't just speak like that today. Well, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus is Lord. I bet he's right. You'll see what I mean. Watch this. We'll just keep covering some scripture here. He's the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive. Well, that makes sense. Jesus came to his own. They received him not. Why? They're trapped in the wisdom of the world. Jesus had to come and say, you say, and you have heard it said, but I say. He came to change the language because the language got twisted when man fell. They're looking at truth and can't even see him. They're at Lazarus' tomb. All they can see is death and life is standing right in front of them. He's the son of God. Nothing was made that wasn't made through him and he came to the world and the world didn't know him. That's the paradox. That's the the blight of the fall. That's the tragedy of the fall of man. 
So the world can't receive him because it doesn't see him because it lives by senses and feelings. It doesn't live by faith. Can neither sees him nor knows him. See, the only, that's why this repentance thing we talked about yesterday is so important. When you humble yourself and repent, you receive grace. All of a sudden, there's a transformation of life. He opens your understanding. Now your eyes change, your heart changes. You care about things you never cared about before. And you don't care about things that you lived for. Everything changes. The Christian life is amazing. It's designed that way to sanctify you, to snatch you out of the darkness into the light, yet you're still in the world, but no longer of it. Come on, that's so clear and powerful. That's why you have to receive forgiveness and mercy and, 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 and know you're righteous so you can live this way. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. Oh. And he will be... In you, that's right, Miss Linda. She's like, in me. <laughs> Isn't that good? So if he's in you, you probably ought to commune with him. Amen. Probably ought to ask him questions. You ask me questions, you ought to ask him questions. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know how I've learned over the years? By sitting and asking him a lot of questions. I'll be on my bed and read something, and I'll say, Lord, there's more there's more than what I'm seeing. I know there's, I can tell it in my heart. You're letting me know. Just father me, speak to me. Holy Spirit, reveal truth. You're the spirit of truth. Come and speak to me. Next thing you know, here, go to there. I'll go to this. Oh, that's so powerful. And then I'm just in a fit, praising, worshiping God and receiving it personally. And then you can impart it. You see what I mean? It's communion. It's co-union with Holy Spirit. We need to learn to do that. It's not wrong to call a friend and ask a question, but we need to do that way before we even think of calling a human being to ask him a question. Yeah. Don't just call Pastor Don to get the know on it. Ask Holy Spirit. Give him time to reveal himself to you and talk to you and speak to you. you see what I mean? Yes. It's not wrong to communicate and ask questions, but, but I've learned that sometimes because I can touch Jennifer and look at her and talk to her that it's easier to just go to her sometimes and we don't want that really to take the place of something so beautiful you remember what I had on my first message machine ever right the molars Jesus is the Lord <laughs> and if you call on him right now <laughs> you might not have to talk to me <laughs> but if so <laughs> leave your name and number I'll get back to you <laughs> You know how that convicted people? Because they were grabbing their phone and calling me because they knew I was walking with the Lord at that time. And instead of them developing their own walk with the Lord, they just grabbed me for help. And I put that on my machine to convict people. <laughs> one lady was bawling on there one day. And I ran, she had six children. So she's believing with six children, I can't spend time with the Lord because I have six children. And I understand what she's trying to say. But she called my house and heard that message and she's bawling on the phone. I couldn't understand her. And I, I knew who it was. I could recognize her voice, and, but I couldn't understand her. I called her back quick because I was away. She answered, she's totally fine. I'm like, honey, you were really crying. Oh, that was my heart. I was so convicted. I listened to that message and realized I called you as if you were Jesus. I didn't even think of talking to the Lord. 
And when I heard your machine, it hit me. I bawled and bawled and said, God. And she said, I got six kids running here and I think I can't. I knelt on my knees. I didn't move for a half hour. Everything was at peace. The kids didn't cry. Nobody, I don't even know. I lost a half hour today just in the presence of the Lord. And I said, well, no wonder you sound so good. (laughs) He changes everything, doesn't he? So he will be where? In you. Look at verse 26. Uh, Verse 25. The things I have spoken to you while being present. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. So he's talking about his, he came in person. But the helper. Wow. But the helper. The Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. Look what he'll do. He will teach you all things. And look what else he'll do. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Do you see where I got that prayer years ago? Holy Spirit, I'm reading the word right now, and I thank you. You'll bring it to my remembrance in every time of need. I thank you. I don't have to gain a big store bank of knowledge. Just fill my heart with your word. I tell people all the time, I don't carry a store bank of knowledge. It's just, there's a well in my heart. We draw from it. You see what I mean? You, you, you read things and you get thrown into situations as a, as a leader, as a pastor, as a brother, as a Christian, as a friend. And all of a sudden, who's ever been in over your head in a situation where you haven't even been taught and all of a sudden answers just came and you just knew. And it happened to me the whole way growing through, through my Christianity. There was a time I had to talk to a brother so straight. I had never talked to a Christian. I'd have never talked to anybody like this since I was saved. But it was the will of God on that occasion. And scriptures came out of me that I didn't even realize were in there. And it came out of me like fire. They were about clouds without water, spotting your lo- our love feasts. And I, I actually said to this brother, well, maybe perhaps you're bam, bam, bam. That's how strong I talked to him. Because he, li- he, was, he was with a woman committing adultery. His wife was on the other line calling, crying. He's way off with a woman and he was on the phone telling me that it was the will of God because they were both uh, uh, they were both neglected by their spouses so God put them together for a season of healing yeah and it really did something in my belly and I wasn't mad at him but it almost felt like I was but I love people, but you should have heard. If that was all on recording and tape, when, it, when I hung up, I slammed the phone on the person. I hung the phone up. I said, well, let me tell you something. And a scripture after scripture came out of me that was scriptures I don't even really think about. And then I slammed down the phone. And then I went, what is going on? What am I? And I felt like I sinned. I felt like I was too hard on him. I felt like, I, I'm not kidding you, I was crying. I crawled under my desk. It was the only secret place I could find. I crawled in under my desk and curled up in a ball crying. Well, that proves sincerity for one thing when you're all alone and you're doing, you care. And I'm curled up like in a little ball under my desk crying and asking God to have mercy because I was so just tore by this whole situation and his words did something to me. When I realized that you could be that blind that you could try to tell a brother like me that he knew well, try to sell that to me? That this is God? Brother, you need to face this as God. God's heard both our prayers. 
No, your hurts are hurting and you're in a fantasy and you're being scammed by the devil. And they're saying it's God. And my phone was ringing above me. I'm under there and my phone's ringing. And I come out from under and I just felt, even though I was tore up, I felt like I needed to answer it and I grabbed Kleenex and I'm, I'm a mess. And I said, hello? And it's the person crying uncontrollably. And they said, I'm in hell. I'm in hell itself, help me. When you slammed the phone, something snapped. I'm lost. Watch what I did. What do I do? That's what they're saying. I said, you pack your things, you get in your car, and you get home now. Boom. It's exactly how, and 10 times more intense than that. And I called his wife. I said, he'll be there in X amount of time. Well, he made a half hour time up. He must have drove fast. I said, he'll be on the doorstep in 11 hours. Make sure you call me. Well, he was there in 10 and a half. She said, how do you know? I said, he will be home. I just knew because I realized that was the spirit of God addressing him in delusion, snapping him out of delusion. It doesn't mean I didn't love him. It doesn't mean that I'm being harsh with him. Because it's love, you can step into all that stuff and not do harm. That was the way God was talking. It was amazing. So that, that's why we've taught in the school the whole way through, become in love, become in love, become in love. Why? Because then Holy Spirit, God can tell himself anything. So if your heart becomes love, he can talk freely. <laughs> tell you anything. Because you'll handle it in love. And when you speak, you'll speak from the foundation of love. So it's always for the highest interest of another. It's never self-intent. It's never self-interest. It's never control then. It's selfless. It's for the sake of the person you're ministering to. Love, it's the fulfillment of the law and it does no harm to a neighbor. Love is for your sake. You get it? So when I'm talking to him like that, it's the best friend I could be. That's right. That's right. The last thing he needs me to do is be gentle with him at that point and, and, and because he needs that thing blasted out of him. That, that is delusion. That's where, where is it, Jeremiah, I think, says, might be Isaiah, where you, you'll get so blind that you'll call evil good and good evil and friends enemies and enemies friends. And that's what was happening to a brother who I'd spent a lot of time with in prayer and intercession. And it was amazing. It's where hurt can take you, guys. That's where pain can take you. That's why you guard your heart. Keep yourself out of pain and hurt. That wasn't even him. Do you understand? That was hurt. And unforgetting. He started feeling sorry for himself. And then that meets up with the woman that's feeling the same way. Now you have these starry-eyed emotional fireworks and we're calling it love. No, it's need meeting need. And there's no God there and there's no even answer there. It's just self. Can't possibly be loved. The helper, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Isn't that amazing? So it's important to fellowship with him. Let's look in John 15. Let's just look at verse 26. 
talks about him a lot through these chapters. His favorite chapters, man. These, I always say that about every chapter. But <laughs> you've heard me say that. He's like my favorite chapter. <laughs> What's your favorite scripture, brother? The Bible. <laughs> but when the helper comes, that's parakletos. That's what that's called. It's, it's one that's called to stand along beside. And, but he already said he'll be with you and be in you. It's very personal. He'll dwell in you and walk among you. There, uh, I don't talk about it much, but there's a communion that's so possible with the Holy Spirit. I don't talk about manifestations. You never really hear me talk about them, but Holy Spirit can get so personal and so intimate. He can manifest himself spectacularly in your life. Like he'll walk in the room with you. He'll sit and talk with you. There was a place where my wife and I were moving in such a way and, and, and uh, it was years ago. And, and it, she, my, my wife had gone through a little bit of identity stuff and that place seemed to have slipped away from us. But there was a place where we would run to the living room after we took the kids in to pray and he was already waiting. And you could literally, like I bumped into him shortly after this experience and he, he felt like if I was doing this to Jennifer. And it just freaked me out. He's cried and cried. And I realized he's our friend. And he's here to help and be in us and walk among us. And we were interceding and praying. And he was in the living room as a person. It's just phenomenal. When it happened is when I asked him to stand by the door, I went over and asked him to stand by the door because people were coming in for home group. And when I went over to the door, I literally bumped into him. My wife got three feet away. I said, honey. Holy Spirit, just, honey. She got three feet away and was out for an hour on the floor. <laughs> I don't know why, I just, but I sure had fun with those times. Oh. Now, that, I've never had that, that, that by myself, but I had that with my wife when we were just in a certain place. There was a synergism that was just amazing. That was when I told you the season, I see Sue, thanks, when those pictures would just hover in the room the eight and a half by 11s, when Holy Spirit was walking in the room, he would just hold a picture up of somebody's face in color. You'd see it with your eyes, like if there was a photo in your living room of people. And then you'd say, yes, Lord, because you'd acknowledge you'd see it and just go, yes, Lord. And he'd just tell you everything you needed to know to help, encourage, restore, and bless that person. And we'd write them down and call them and everybody was toasted and wrecked and oh, oh, and it was just an amazing time. That was in an intimacy communion season and fellowship of Holy Spirit that's available always. Available always. But I've had, I don't talk about manifestations a lot. I've had countless experiences with Holy Spirit in my bedroom. Countless. Person of Holy Spirit. <laughs> Because he's here. <laughs> and you acknowledge him and you talk to him. And you thank him. He's so amazing. And you thank him. He's with you. And you get to know him. Okay? Because listen to how intimate. We already covered that. What? That he's going to dwell with you and be in you. We already covered that he will teach you all things. So it sounds like he's your instructor. He's literally going to teach you. So you're in his class. And he's going to bring to your remembrance. So he's even the grace that causes you to remember. So you're not even under this hardship to just 
you preach sometimes and people come up to me and say, man, you said so, but like when I just, you know, when I, I'm trying to teach today, but a lot of times I'll travel and I'm just, and I feel like, oh my God, I only got three days. I only got four services. And I just, just try to dump everything that's in me on that church before I leave. And some people come up and go, man, you said, you said so much. And I said, no, 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 listen, don't even go there. Don't think I said too much. Grab what was speaking to your heart and become it. The rest will come as you need it. The rest will come to remember. Just say, God, I'm open. I hear. Don't, because one guy come up and said, well, I think this was a little unfair. It's just like you just dumped a milk truck on me and all the milk's poured on me. I said, well, drown in the milk. Just be in the milk, but don't make it a negative. You know, we get negative. Well, you said too much, brother. Jesus, come and just... You can't say too much. Just come. Right? Come on. We get rational and we get negative. And then we don't get anything because we're negative. He'll bring to my remembrance. I tell people, look, if you shoot a machine gun long enough in a room full of people, you're going to hit somebody somewhere. That's how I feel spiritually when I get visited. I just did it to a church, bless their hearts, in Missouri this weekend. I get up there and the people went. Because they didn't, they didn't know. They just thought I was going, oh, hi, and just going to preach to them. And I just... just I tell you, it was serious. People were like, pastor said people ran up. I got to have that tape. I got to have it. I tried to take notes. I couldn't take notes. I told the pastor, I said, look, forgive me, but that's the way I am and do because I'm only here for the weekend and we might as well shoot a lot of rounds. It's just... Yeah. (laughs) It was fun. Yeah. Okay, verse, John 15, verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father. He's assuring that he's coming, church. Over and over, he keeps assuring. Look, why? Because he's leaving. And he's, letting, he's assured him, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Listen, he's coming. The Father's going to send him. You're not going to be alone. Don't you fret. Don't you be fearful. Don't you just live in your emotions. He's coming. Isn't he saying this? Whom I shall send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify or bear witness of me. So see, you can always see the working of Holy Spirit because he's always bringing glory to Jesus. He's always revealing Jesus. He's revealing the Son. He's here to make the Son known. You follow me? This is cool. We got to take a break here. I got to let you all go to the potty, but... Watch this. Chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So he's saying, look, don't be downtrodden. Don't you be hooked in on to me in the flesh. Don't you be, oh, Jesus, you can't leave. Isn't that what Peter tried to do? None of this shall ever happen to you. And like I told Vicky, he said, get behind me. Why did, he, why did he rebuke so strong? Because Peter had in mind the things of 
man and not God, which means Peter's seemingly loyalty and defense of Jesus was self-serving because he was too good to be true and didn't want him to leave. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. You're not leaving my life. You're finally here and I'm not letting you go. You mean too much to me. And he's not understanding this. So we're not rebuking Peter. We would have all done the same thing. Watch. When he comes, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That's where he's going to do in Jesus' absence what he would do if he was here. It's not just Jesus on the earth. It's the body of Christ. So he lives in as many as would believe and reproduces himself after his own kind. Firstborn among many brethren, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It's through the working of Holy Spirit in our lives. Man, it's beautiful. Now watch this. I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict. He's the one that changes the hearts of men. We covered this so much in the school. We sow, we water, God gives increase. You walk in love. You scatter seed everywhere you go. Some of it seems so small, and the Bible says when it's sown, it grows into the biggest tree of the field. There's nothing small in the kingdom when it's from love. So you just love. You just start sowing love. As you're doing that, you might find yourself watering love that Jesse already sowed. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's whispering in the night when they're laying on their bed. All of a sudden, what, what, whatever happened in your, your, your encounter is all of a sudden... I, I'm telling you, it could be this simple, guys. Jesse could approach somebody, bless them, talk to them. It might not be nothing dramatic, nothing sparks and fireworks and a limb straighten out or nothing. It just might be sincere love and, and it's no string attached, no agenda, sincere. And he gets a little encouraging word and he tells the guy and the guy turns, gets in the car and Jesse walks away and he's already been sewn into this man once or twice whether he's realized it or not, but God's loving him. And all of a sudden he's leaving and he's thinking of Jesse and no strings and man, that was so pure. It's like that guy cared for me. It's almost like he took his time just for me. He didn't, I can't see one thing. There was no string to that. He didn't have no agenda. There wasn't a catch. It's almost like he cared about me. And all of a sudden the spirit of God come in his car. I've cared about you since the beginning. I've loved you from (gasps) now he has some God encounter and he's changed forever. Why? Because somebody sowed. Or he watered on what was sown. And Holy Spirit convicts the world. I just talked to a man. I said, man, how'd you you get to where you're at? What's your story, man? He said, all I know is I woke up on my bed. Lost in drugs. And I cried out to God. And I said, God. Da-da-da. And he said, I cried and I cried. And I cried, and it was like God was visiting me. And I got up off the bed, and I've never been the same. There was another guy I talked to this weekend in Missouri. He got a Bible and a big fat joint and sat by the river and smoked that thing and was reading and 
crying out to God. And he said, you know, I'm stuck on this. And I can't get rid of this. And I got this and this. And when I read your word, I see this. And he's talking. He's communing. About two, three days later, he's driving. And he looks over at a herd of cows. See, you could give that word to somebody. You could give a little word. And he's driving. God, that was just him. He just was feeling convicted in his life. There was things going on. He told me a little bit of the story. So there was people saying about Jesus. And man, you need the Lord. And, and, and that's so he said, well, I'm going to go read it. So he's reading his Bible. Three days later, something. he's driving uh, down the road. And he looks at, they had to have monsoon type rains where he lives. And there was all these cattle around the feeder and they were in the wet, thick. Did you ever see that out? And it was wet in the fields. And he, he said, he said he's driving down the road and he looks at the cows and he heard a voice say, that's you. You've been slopping in the mud. And he slows down his car and the presence of the Lord starts touching him. And he, he's like, Lord, is that you? And all of a sudden, three white birds flew up out of the middle of the cows. And he said, that's who I'm making you to be. And he's, he's crying. He ain't been the same. The guy ain't been the same. Yeah. It's just like, what, what is that? Let's not limit him. Let's get love in people. So and water. So this wonderful helper can come and take us to the Father. Take them to the Father. So... <laughs> When he has come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Yeah, you better take a break because Patty's our leader. We follow her. She follows Christ. <laughs> take a break. Because I go to my father. Oh, that's so good. Speak of righteousness because I go to my father. In other words, a man is mediating on behalf of men and he's there once for all. Amen. So righteousness, because that's why you're, that's why you can be right with God. That's why he breathed into them. That's just right there. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So that's why you don't love the world and the things in the world. Watch this. I still have many things to say to you, but I, you cannot bear them now. That's interesting, isn't it? He makes comments like that. He said that to Nicodemus. Paul makes indications that he'd like to write more to the church, but they weren't able to hear at the time. Isn't that amazing? So I just want to be in a position where nothing's withheld from me, man. I, want to, I don't know, you know, what else to say about that other than, Lord, you know, I want my heart in a place where you're not having to hold back because of where I'm at. He says, however, so he says, there's many things I'm not going to share now. However, now guess who he goes right back to? Person of Holy Spirit. However, when he, oh, see, he's a person. He's not a mist. He's not a feeling. He's not a goosebump, and he's not a white dove. He's a person. When he, he's not a thing. <laughs> he's not an it. <laughs> when he the spirit of truth isn't that awesome it's so it's so amazing the Godhead he's the spirit of the Lord right the Holy Spirit the Bible says the Lord is the spirit well I thought Jesus was the Lord <laughs> it says the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom but before it says where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom it says the Lord is the Spirit. That's because it's the Spirit of the Lord. Do you, do you hear how I flip up? The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the 
Lord. So it's not complicated. It's, it's, it's the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so he's with us. Amen. He, the Spirit of what? The Spirit of truth has come. Now here's why you want to be friends with him and in fellowship with him and get to know him. And this is why, and I'm not being rude to your relationships and friendships, but this is why you want to rely on him more than the opinions of people and even who you say are your friends. Because a lot of times your best friends didn't necessarily give you the best advice. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay? Because you say, well, what do you think? Well, this is what I think about that. Well, you know how I feel? You hear how we talk? Well, let me tell you how I feel feel about that. If I were you, I would just, we got to be quick, be, be careful with that kind of stuff. You know, I don't really care what I think. I care what God says. <laughs> so you won't hear me say, well, this is what I think. I will always give you the word. You hear when you come to me, I'm always showing you scripture, giving the word, teaching. Even if I'm talking for a while and don't open my Bible, you'll hear about 10 scriptures in a paragraph, right? <laughs> Why? Because it's what he says. It's not our opinion. But look, look how awesome he is. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, guess what he will do? He will guide you into all truth. Man, when you're not sure, when you've got a couple things in your mind, you know, Holy Spirit, I trust you. And I ask you to just make it real clear what, what I'm to do here because I know you love me. And I'm asking you for wisdom. You said if I ask you for wisdom, you will give it liberally without reproach if I believe. That's James 1. So what, you know, about asking for wisdom. So, so you just in communion with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just appreciate you. You're the spirit of truth in my life. You'll lead me in all truth. And I just thank you right now. And you just ask him and, 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 and he'll direct you. I don't know about you, but when I hear God on some of that stuff, who's ever, whoever was thinking a lot about a situation you didn't know what to do, and the more you thought about it, the more you wondered what you were hearing, if it was God or your voice or your own mind, who's ever been in that place, right? So here's what, here's what I, 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 I personally do this. If it'll help you, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, I'll pray about something and be in faith, and I'll trust he heard me. Like Jesus said to Peter, but I have prayed. Father, you know my heart. I want to hear your voice and I thank you. You speak to me. And then I will just, done deal. And I won't press for an answer. Two hours later, I could be driving in my car thinking of Vicky and praying in tongues for her. And, and while I'm doing that, <laughs> oh, it's just a love thing, Vicky. And, and uh, I'm just praying for Miss Vicky and I'm praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, that thing in the morning that was pressing me that I needed to hear on, out of the blue. This is just how God does with me. I'm just saying, but see, sometimes we stay in anxiousness. We pray, but we really don't believe, and, and we keep on, you know, and we think the more we pray is an expression of faith, and it's really the expression of uncertainty and fear and concern. It's really just, you know, I trust you. You father me. You love me. Look, here's the deal. You sent your son when I was lost and saved me while I was an enemy. How much more? Are you going to save me now and, and, and that I'm reconciled through the life of Jesus? Thank you. I have connection with you. You will guide me. Thank you. Get in your car and, and, and manifest Jesus. And, and down the road, when you're not, that way you'll never question. This is why he does it to me. I'll never question, was I just thinking that? Because I'm driving and out of the blue. He'll answer the question from two hours ago. Boom. And it's so clear. And it's like, whoo. And he usually, he usually just gives me that little, just that little 
that little exclamation point of presence. <laughs> yeah, it really does. He's, oh my goodness. <laughs> you don't have to have that, but you do need a knowing to where you can't talk to yourself. Was that just me? That's one of the biggest traps in us, soul, spirit stuff. Was I just thinking that? Was that just me? Do I just want to believe that? And then you start second guessing. Who's ever experienced that? We've all done it, right? So it's really nice when you just believe God, settled. It's at the order of your mercy, and I trust you'll father me in this. And and then you take a step from that place into the direction of, of life in God, and all of a sudden, boom, he'll just drop an answer in you along the way. Sometimes it's that, that afternoon I've already had, the day after I've just submitted something like that. It just, out of the blue, just come to me and I see it and I go, oh, that's so amazing. Because then I know it's from him. Yeah. I'm not questioning if I'm just thinking too hard. Because sometimes we come up with our own answers and then we're thinking we are, right? So I, it's just something I do. I just, it's called a place of faith, guys, trusting God. He'll guide you in all truth. Now watch, this is... Amazing. People say, well, God doesn't just talk like that today. Well, Jesus doesn't agree with that. And I'm just, I'm sorry, I love you, but I'm on his side. (laughs) I really, I love you, but I'm on his side. And if you're not saying what he's saying, I'm going to have to go with him, but I still love you. (laughs) Okay? Because he just told me that Holy Spirit's coming to guide me in all truth and he will not speak on his own authority. That means he's speaking to me. How's he going to guide me in truth? He's speaking, whether it's through strong impressions in the word when I'm reading, whether he's reminding me of the word that I've already read, or whether he just talks to me like a friend in my prayer life. Holy Spirit is speaking. I was saved three days. It was a sovereign thing. It was just, it had nothing to do with me and faith. I was saved three days and God was speaking to me in paragraphs. And I was undone. I was at work. I didn't even know what to do. I was just like, this is God. And I've just had a real grace. He's Holy Spirit for the first year of my Christianity. I would read so much of my Bible, breaks, lunch. I just couldn't get enough. I wanted to know him. I felt I was deceived for 33 years, living like a knothead. And I want truth. Really. And I'm not being demeaning when I use that thing not hit. It's just the phrase saying that I, I thought I was right and knew nothing. And I don't want to ever be in that boat again. I need you. And I was just consuming the word. I would go to work singing, working. This happened to me. It still happens to me at times. But it happened very frequent for a season. Holy Spirit would preach inside of me and put together everything I read with understanding and preach to me sometimes for an hour the best preacher on the planet. I'd be working and he's just preaching to me. I, I, I had seen so many things when he's preaching to you like that. You're like, you're just, it's, it's truth. It's so simple. It's so clear. A lot of people say to me when I travel, they say, you make it so simple when you teach. I can hear what you're saying. I say, that's not my fault. It's the way I was taught. It's what I heard. I'm just saying what I heard. Amen. <laughs> It's just, it, he did that for a long time. I remember, I remember him teaching on healing and showing me the truth of the kingdom. And, and I'm, 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 I'm not even a year saved. And, and, and I'm there and I'm, oh man, that's amazing. And I'm talking out loud and oh, I see it. Yes, I see it. Now imagine you're my coworker. 
And I'm going up the aisle. But it, they knew they saw something so solid in my life. They, there was nothing negative. But I'm going up the aisle and I'm like, yeah. Oh my goodness. God, that's incredible. Thank you. And I'm doing them little blurbs like that while I'm walking up the aisle working. And they're like in the other side of the aisle. And, <laughs> and they're looking. So, so I'm going down the aisle the one day and God's sharing with me the kingdom. And I'm going down and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, how could we not see that? That's so true. And I'm just all excited. And I look and here's a guy's face right through the rack. <laughs> he says, dude, what is up with you? You're just always talking to yourself. So I'm not talking to myself ever. Talking to my best friend. And he's not a figment of my imagination. He's the Lord. He's fathering me right now. He's sharing scripture with me, healing and, and a kingdom. I said, in fact, come here. What? How's your hands today? He had carpal tunnel. They were going to do surgery. He was holding off. He didn't want to do it. I said, how's your hands? They sting. You feel it, don't you? I always feel it. Put your hands through the rack because I've been being taught. It's exactly what I said. He's not a figment of my imagination. I'm not talking to myself. He's the Lord. Put your hands through the racks. Let's just do this. Oh, I prayed. He went, what? Huh? All the tingling, all the sharp little things came out. He's never got the surgery to my knowledge. Holy Spirit just. <laughs> but see, watch, watch. Now watch. Faith works through. Faith doesn't work because you see a need and now you're trying to gear up. And Isn't that what we do? We know our Bible says it can happen. Now we're trying to get in position and make it happen. When faith works through love, and if I'm in relationship, the spontaneous flow of my life is Him. So I'm always prepared. I'm always ready. I'm always yes. I'm always green light. Right? Yes. And you won't get caught with that. Well, I don't. Who? Be honest. Be honest. Whoever got in a situation to pray, and the first thing thought in your mind. I don't think I'm really prepared for this. I wasn't ready for this. I don't know if I prayed enough, read enough. I don't know if I'm really ready. And a bad thing came to your mind and a little bit of thing this morning, what you said that you probably should say. And now I'm trying to pray and that'll never happen because you're not ready. (laughs) You see how much of a war we're in? The devil is so freaked out by the gospel. (laughs) He fears the gospel. (laughs) He really does. And he fears you believing it. So watch this. He will what? Not speak on his own authority. Why? Because this is why they can be three in one. Like you got the love, the grace, and the communion, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Wow. So you got the Father whose love released the grace through the life of Jesus, the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, Lion of the tribe of Judah, and then you got Holy Spirit. But how can they be one? Because you can't separate them from will, intent, character, nature. They're absolutely one. That's so awesome. Oh my goodness. So he's not speaking on his own authority. It's just like Jesus. I'm not speaking on my own authority. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Holy Spirit's the same way, right? So when you hear the Holy Spirit, who's talking to you? It says the person of the Holy Spirit, but who's speaking? The Father. Isn't that cool? See, we ought to get that. Everything we see Jesus do and say, it's the Father. 
That's why he said he's the visible image of an invisible God. He's the expressed image of his person. When you see me, you've already seen him. There's nothing that you've seen in me that isn't who he is. And who he is is being, I always say it like this. I say, Jesus is the ta-da of God. (laughs) God just came out like he is in the flesh. (laughs) Ta-da! Through the person of Jesus. And when you see Jesus, that's why if your theology, your belief system, and your faith is enhanced on the life of Jesus, change your belief system and, and find it through Jesus. If what you're saying about God doesn't line up to the life of Jesus lived, then get it out of your belief system. It's true. It's a strong statement, but it's true. So he's going to speak, not on his own authority, but look, whatever he hears. That means God loves you, has intention towards you, he knows you, he's intimate towards you, he has something to say. To the tune of sending Holy Spirit so he can speak because God's speaking. God wants to commune with us. God wants to have fellowship. He wants to meet with his kids. He wants some family time. (laughs) Come on. He hears and he will speak. Look at this. And he will tell you things to come. He'll prepare you for stuff. The more you're in fellowship with him, you'll see things coming. He'll show you things to come. He'll prepare you in life. You won't have to always be caught off guard. There's so many little stories and things I could tell you, things I saw ahead of time and heard and knew. And the reason God did it is so that I'd respond in him. He was bearing up the weakness of flesh and sometimes our ability, especially when it has to do with people and shocks and surprises and things people are telling you. I have had countless situations where people were coming to tell me something that could have been shocking and the Lord told me right before they got to me and prepped me so that I didn't react and hurt them so that I didn't go you did what oh my god you're kidding me and do that little flesh reaction thing because then you do the reaction thing and try to cover it up with Christian language and you already expressed and now they can't get that picture out wow I even hurt you no no you didn't hurt me you I had to because I just saw your face (laughs) and they can't get that image just sticks there no no it just threw me off yeah because I hurt you see Oh, man, I knew I blew it. Uh, God has protected. I could tell you story after story. It, I'd have to be careful how many I tell because some might be in the room. But <laughs> So I don't need to, but I'm making a point that he's that intimate. Watch this. Okay, thanks. If you care enough to live that way, his grace is already available. That's why it's so important to become love. Because I don't ever want to hurt you. Yeah. Honestly, I can look you in the eyes and die. I don't ever have the intent of hurting you. Watch this. I know in my heart, I never have the need to be right in your life. But I sure have a passion to preach the gospel, share truth, correct, love, edify. But it's all for him and it's all for you. And I can know that I'm sincere about that. Because I steward my heart and I live with me. I go to bed with me and wake up with me and I know what motivates me. I know why I do this school. Well, it's because they asked me. (laughs) Watch. They asked me. But to say yes, there has to be a clear why. 
There has to be faith in a vision. Why? Not just because, well, we can do a school. And there has to be a love and a care for the people that have the heart and the faith and all the online people that would dare commit to whatever it takes. And you see that and you so honor that. You would never want to touch that wrong. When you have all that in your heart, you start co-laboring with a grace that's already there. That's why Jesus made this amazing comment. Watch what he said. The pure in heart shall... He didn't say the perfect. The pure in heart. So you're all in. You can all have pure hearts, but you'd be amazed how a pure heart will cause you to walk in a sense of completion and perfection, if you will. But it comes from the Spirit of God. I understand we all stumble in things it says, but we can all have pure hearts. You get what I'm saying? You following? Okay. It's so important to God, and it's such His plan that He sent us a helper so we can live this life. You're not on your own. It's not a oh, oh, no. It's not. <laughs> Was that funny? <laughs> or is it my shirt? Are you laughing at my shirt? I just, it just hit me. I can't believe I'm wearing this shirt. <laughs> Vicki, you're a mess. <laughs> you really got me good. Oh, and you played it up too. I will never forget that. Oh, I, come on, you have to be proud of me that I went and put that on. (laughs) Before Christ, I would have burned that thing in front of you all (laughs) on a pole. (laughs) Watch this. He will guide you in how much truth? All truth. So if you want all truth, it's available. That's the, that's the way I read my Bible. That's what puts me in relationship, guys. That's what motivates me for fellowship with God. Now listen, you're responsible in the sense of stewardship to not just live by your feelings, emotions, get frustrated. Well, yeah, but you have to just say, you know what, soul? You're not going to talk me out of him anymore. Serious, there's some places you gotta get strong. I tell people, listen, you you know, it says the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak in the sense of praying. Pray and watch, lest you be tempted, because the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. He's not saying your spirit is willing and your flesh is weak. He's saying apart from prayer, that's the truth. He's saying, watch and pray, Least you fall or slip into temptation because your spirit's willing, your flesh is weak. So without the place of prayer, you can find yourself vulnerable and just slip into weakness. But because that vulnerability is there, why not just run in God? You don't have to submit to, well, you know, brother, my flesh is just weak. You know what I've prayed for years? Father, I thank you I'm a spirit and I have a soul that agrees with everything that's in you, God, and my flesh says, yes, sir. My spirit is willing and my flesh is strong and ready to follow and run this race and take me to the finish line. It's not tired. It's not opting out. Doesn't need Gatorade. I'm going after you. (laughs) Come on, I pray that way. Because you'd be amazed how the soul and flesh can kind of get this little cohort thing going. And all of a sudden you have an excuse to be less than grace says you are. 
And you say, well, you know how, you know our flesh just weak, brother. Well, you're never to live by your flesh. You're to live by your spirit. To live by the flesh is death, but the spirit life and peace, Romans 8. Right? So you see yourself as spirit first. And in that place, your soul lines up and agrees. And who knows, your flesh then doesn't have to be a detriment. He is conditioned and ready for battle. So I declare that stuff over my life, over my body. I've watched a lot of Christians... I've watched a lot of Christians in human reasoning opt out and back off claiming weakness in the flesh. That's why I got so strong on that point, saying don't let that happen in your life. So what's the weakness he's talking about when he says my strength is made perfect in weakness? Paul, he's going through persecution and suffering, and who knows that the whips, Martha's asking my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul said I'd rather glory in my weakness so that... that that the power of Christ could dwell in me. So what he's saying is, I couldn't live without you. I need you, Lord. Your grace is sufficient for me. When you're getting whipped and beat every time you're preaching, that was Paul's resume. If you looked at the perils that he was through and, and, and then his burden for the churches, he's going into a city preaching new wine to an old wineskin and getting pummeled every time. And he said, I'll show you the things you must suffer for my name's sake. He goes in and all he's trying to do is preach truth and win souls. But he died. He laid down his life. Remember, greater love hath no man than this. So his flesh doesn't like that. It, you, you'd rather not get stoned. It would be better to preach and not get stoned. Some of us would think it'd be better to preach and not have any converts and not get stoned and preach and have converts and get stoned. Maybe somebody else can reap them down the road. Let me just sow a little. <laughs> Paul was seeing fruit, but he was paying a price in his flesh. His flesh was crying out saying, God, come on. How about watching my back next time? This thing, does it have to be this way? Do I always have to get buffeted and persecuted and beat up? And, 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 and there's a thing, too, about pride and everything. There was a great humility. If you see how Paul defines his life on the earth, he, it's a little different today, and it's a little concerning sometimes. That's why, if possible, God ever starts using you, try to stay as low key and low below the scene as you can because we tend to make icons christian stars all that stuff paul said he was like the off scouring in the field he paid such a price and faced persecution living so godly his life was a constant challenge we would make paul a christian icon and he'd be the world conference speaker at every conference and we just roll out red carpet for him giving you honorariums because we'd have him ministering to us all the time he was out in the world living holy and godly and getting persecuted for it and pummeled. And God told him this thing and he's crying out. He's crying out. And, and God's saying, look, in your weakness, I'm going to make you strong. All of a sudden, Paul, firsthand, learning not to love his own life unto death. Learning what it really means to lay down his life. Learning what it means to love others. The greater love hath no man than this. He'll lay down his life. So if this gospel is so true, what's it matter if I die, if I can get truth to you? That's what was happening. That's how his weakness was made into strength. That's how God's revelation, God's perspective came in and swallowed up human weakness. So there was no backing up. And you can hear in... Uh, I hope I can find this real quick. Maybe I can't. I think it's in Paul in 21. Might be 22. I just want to show you something. 
Where does he say, Holy Spirit says it chains and prisons are waiting me there? No, no, no. It's in Acts. No, no, no. He's in Acts where he says, all I know is any city I go to, chains and prisons are waiting me there. But I don't count my own life dear. See, because he got the message, guys. He got the message. Sorry, I'm unprepared for that one, but. What is it? That sounds right. It's in the back of Acts, I know. Oh, 2024. Okay, I always used to think it was in 21. And uh, I need to know because I think, oh, perfect. It's right where I'm looking for. Thank you. Watch this. Watch this. And see, now, verse 22. Or here, let's just back up. He's talking to the Ephesians. And he's telling them, you know, this is, I think, where he says he knows he's never going to see their face again, etc. But he, he says in, uh, oh, okay, let me look up here. Look at verse 18. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. What a great thing to be able to say. You know, from the first time you met me, you saw my life and know it's real. You've seen nothing but Christ in me. See, don't be afraid to take that on in your prayer life to want to live that way. It's not about missing it. It's about going after God. It's not about, oh, well, I sure blew my testimony. No, Paul went after God in such a way that now after time he can stand up and say, look, you guys observed my life. Remember how we looked at 1 Thessalonians yesterday? That we came ministering the word, not just in word only, but power and the Holy Spirit and in what manner of men we were among you for your sake where they saw his pure heart and motive. Come on, that stuff is important. And because when, when you love not your own life and when you lay down your life and lay down yourself, that's the testimony you'll have. Watch, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, many tears, and look, and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. So this thing cost him many tears. Many, come on, it's not fun when they're whipping you. It's not fun when they're beating you with rods. <coughs> When stones are bouncing off your head and your body, they don't aim at your feet when they stone you. Right? And your flesh would just as soon say, look God, if you can't protect me any better than this, I ain't preaching no more. This thing's going to cost me my life. Well, it already did. Paul, he stood up and said to the Galatians, look, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I. It's Christ living in me. Come on, they are powerful, powerful comments. So, see, we have an American mindset if we're not careful. American church, American gospel mindset, please don't let this country uh, change the truth. In America, we've preached a gospel that blesses us and meets our needs and just guarantees prosperity and... See, in an American mindset, when you go in and you get whipped for preaching the gospel, we're mad at God because He didn't protect us. Or we're wondering where, where we went wrong and what door did we open. We think trials and persecution for the gospel is, is a sign of lack of spirituality and lack of faith. Because we have a mindset that the gospel's here to bless us. No, the gospel's here to bless the world through us and send a message to the world of people that don't love their own life because there's something greater. We're pilgrims. We're passing through. We're looking for a homeland. That's the message. But when they see Christians despairing, depressed, and crying over the same trials of life, your message doesn't have power to them. Then it's just a belief system. You just believe different than them, but there's nothing different. 
There is something different. Something way different. And even though he's going through tears, he's being honest to them. He's saying, man, there's times I sat and cried and cried and cried. Right? There's things, there's martyrs, there's people, there's missionaries. David Hogan's here. They have buried 12 or more personal close leaders in the ground. He said two of his wife's best friends, he said he still had the rope burns. He was preaching, he said, I still have the rope burns on my hands from dragging them and burying them because we have to after a certain amount of hours and we didn't see him raised from the dead. He said, I buried him myself. What an integrity to bury your wife's two best friends and get up in the morning and rejoice in the Lord and go on and preach the gospel that makes you powerful inside in the Holy Ghost. It's authority and people see and they understand you love not your own life. You have a way bigger picture than today. It's a way bigger picture than how you feel and sentiments and emotions. Because as he's burying them people deep down inside, as much as they don't think there's not tears, they love those people. But they know inside we can't lose now. We haven't lost. We can't. We've already won. While he's burying them, he knows they've already won because life is eternal in him. We've already won and they have a legacy. They've given their lives for the gospel. So he's burying and it's a bittersweet thing. There's personal physical loss, but eternal triumph and joy. And Paul comes out with this. These things are light afflictions. He shares being pressed on every side. Struck down, persecuted. He calls it not some sides, every side. We can complain if our car breaks down if we're not careful and wonder if God loves us because not this week. No, God, you know, not this week. Well, not any week. It's just a fact of life. Things happen sometimes. You just say, God, you're greater in this. Thanks, you'll work it out. Thank you, it'll be fixed timely. And lay your hands on and pray for it to resurrect if you have faith. But what I'm saying is, don't blame God. Don't get mad and don't tell the devil you're living for yourself or you're really a sitting duck. Some of us are making adversity easy because we're actually with our words and attitudes saying, hit me here, it hurts. You got a t-shirt on, hit me here, it hurts. And he doesn't even have to get creative. She had to get creative. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. I'm wearing this shirt. <laughs> if you look, I love cats. <sighs> Watch this. With many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept nothing back that was helpful. Nothing back. Held nothing back that was helpful. Now look, if we establish love between each other, we can hold nothing back. Because sometimes we need to be real straight because it's helpful. Sometimes we can't talk in circles real straight because we've been hurt. We're still carrying things. Well, they used to, well, I remember being controlled. I'm not sure about this person. And the way we've got it backwards, we got our brow raised watching people till they prove themselves. Jesus just went and picked 12 men with a mess and poured his life into them. And even when they failed, he didn't change his mind about them. And ensured their destiny and yay. Come on, there's a thought there. 
It reveals that we're living for us when we do that stuff. Jesus didn't go into it vulnerable to be heard. He went into it with his life already given. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm just preaching a little here. You get this? He went into it with his life already surrendered. That's why he endured the wilderness and didn't wander 40 years and fall dead. Because he wasn't thinking for himself. So in 40 days he fulfilled what they felt in 40 years and came out and entered in. He went into the wilderness and came out with the spirit and power. Egypt, the Israelites got left of Egypt, went into the promised land thinking for themselves, wandered and died. Why? Because it was just how the wilderness was affecting them and what they didn't appreciate and what they didn't like about it. Jesus went into the same temptation, same devil, same trial, same God, different perspective and came out with the spirit and power. The only thing different was perspective. Selfish, selfless. Come on, it's important. I got on this question, but it is important. I want you to see this is, Martha, this is a big question. <laughs> we love you, we love you. <laughs> it's a good question because we need to understand this kind of stuff because this is the working out of our lives. Watch this. I kept nothing back. I proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly. See, if, it wasn't, if I didn't feel like it was a good question, I wouldn't be taking all this time. This is important. And I went publicly from house to house. Look, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about change your mind, turn your heart. Don't think there wasn't a good message there in God's goodness and God's love through Jesus, right? Repentance and faith towards God. And see now, watch what he does. This is his life. See, he's got the message now. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My, your, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. In other words, it was the third time. Stop asking me this question. Just go do what I've called you to do. And live by my grace. Now watch, watch. He's got it now, late in the book of Acts. He's got this, because look. He's going bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. He's not a willful man, he's a surrendered man. Whatever the spirit of God is saying do, he's doing. If the spirit of God's saying go, he's saying, well, I don't feel led. He's saying, no, I'm going. He's not looking and coming up with a reason. He's, he's living in God, he's surrendered. He loves not his own life. He has called it all dead for the gospel's sake, right? And he's getting beat, stoned, trials. You've read the lists in 2 Corinthians 4, in 2 Corinthians 11. The man went through a lot. So I can really respect his writing and say, wow. And look, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, so I'm not really sure, except this thing I know that the Holy Spirit's telling me. That in every city, not some city, every city, that chains and tribulation are awaiting me there. So he was making sure Paul wasn't surprised that when you go there, you're gonna face persecution, but preach my word. Isn't that amazing? And watch, watch this victorious declaration that he, in 2 Corinthians, what you were talking about, he got the message, watch. He got the, he got the word of the Lord. Because look, but none of these things move me. How can that be possible? Getting whipped doesn't move you? No, because I don't count my own life dear to myself so that I can finish the race with joy. See, you can't finish the race with joy if you consider yourself. It says don't throw away your confidence, Hebrews 10.35. Don't throw away your confidence. You have need of endurance 
so that after the will of God is done, you can receive the promise. That means you will never fulfill the will of God without enduring. That means there's many trials. Just the trials of life alone. These are mainly persecution. Watch. I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with... So the way to finish, how can you go through sufferings with joy? Because you're looking to the joy set before you. You're looking to the dividends. You're looking to lives transformed. You're looking just like Jesus looked at the cost of my life, many will live. If it costs me my life, somebody will live. Do you hear Jesus in that? This thing might cost me my life, but even if it does, somebody will live because of it. And we complain about people and things if we're not careful and what people said and didn't say right and we still reveal that we don't understand it if we're not careful. This school's made it very clear that this is the life we're called to. Haven't we talked this way from the beginning? Look, I don't count myself so I can finish with joy and the ministry which I see. We think it's just moving in gifting, just having a word of knowledge, just moving in prophecy and woo, that's so fun. But it's moving in the midst of life and moving through everything that tries you and tempts you and tries to stop you. There is no stopping. Right? And the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. <laughs> and he actually says to him, and indeed I know now, I just got it while he's talking, he gets a revelation while he's writing. And I know right now, I just realized right now as I'm writing this, among the ones I've gone preaching, I'll see, you'll see my face no more. In other words, I realize when I go to Jerusalem, I'm not going to come back. I'll never see you again. I'm walking into my death. Isn't that what he's saying? <sighs> you know what we'd say? Well, brother, you need to use wisdom and take another way until they change their mind and you know, go to some other cities. No, Holy Spirit sent him there. And he said, and as I'm writing to you right now, I realize you're never going to see my face again. This is actually my last trip. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Therefore, I testify to you this day. What a phrase. What a, what, what a statement to be able to make at the end of your journey. I'm innocent of all men's blood. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. He goes along on telling that there's going to be things to come in to try to change this integrity, change this sellout position, change this truth that's been imparted. There's people that come in and modify and have wrong motives and wrong. You stick to this truth is really what he's saying. Make sense? Okay. So that's how your weakness is made perfect in him when you don't love your own life and continue in him grace will make you what you could never be on your own get it okay uh we were at the break we were talking about the baptism of the holy spirit i just want you to see something uh there I, there's a lot to cover here and i'm kind of out of time i'm supposed to end five minutes early that's a challenge in itself <laughs> It is, but we're going to do it, I think. If I put this shirt on, I can end five minutes early. <laughs> he will glorify, verse 14 of John 16, he will, the Holy Spirit will glorify me is what Jesus is saying. 
Look at this. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. That means God wants us to have who he is and what he is and all he does. What is mine is yours. What is yours is mine, right? Heirs of Christ join our heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. It's amazing. Spirit of God crying out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Isn't that something? All things that the Father has are mine. How many things? All things that the Father has are mine. Now back up. He's going to take what is mine. What's mine? All things that the Father has. Oh my goodness. Hello. This is amazing. (laughs) So look. And he's going to declare that. And therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is mine? All things that the Father has. What's the Holy Spirit going to declare to us? All things that the Father has. Sounds like fear not, little flock. The Father's good pleasure to give you the king. Sounds like he wants to have us to have all that he is. It sounds like he created us with intention and purpose and never lost sight of us. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. Acts, 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 real quick. That's, that we're going to have to fly. You guys ready to roll? We're going to really have to talk fast. Peter said, well, Acts chapter 2, you know the Holy Spirit came. The promise of the Father in Acts 1, endowment with power, Holy Spirit baptism, right? Acts chapter 2, fire came on them, right? On their heads. <laughs> it says, then, verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. I heard Joseph Garlington on a Brownsville video. He was just so funny. He said, can you imagine the day of Pentecost? They didn't have a clue what was going on. They were probably sitting there praying and interceding. They said, hey, look at Joe. There's fire on his head. Wait, look, there's fire on Peter's head. Well, then look, there's fire on you. There's fire on everybody, he said. We all have fire. <laughs> it just, he just said it in a real simplistic, funny way. But it's because he wants to come upon us. Now watch. Is this something they petitioned for or that God ordained? So this is the will of God for you to be filled with Holy Spirit. So this is the will of God, right? Now some people say, some people say, I think it's Luke 11, but where it says ask and shall be given, etc. And, 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 and some people say, well, you get the Holy Spirit, you get the Holy Spirit when you're saved, when you're born again. And uh, it says, if we being of evil nature know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more the Father will give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? Luke eleven thirteen. How much the, will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? If he comes automatic, why do you have to ask? <laughs> you follow? There's a place where you ask. If he doesn't, in me, I woke up Monday morning. I woke up Monday morning. There's people that have all kinds of cross beliefs. Jesse was just telling me he's been taught a bunch of different stuff. There's two, who knows that when you get three different things in your mind, it gets you, it makes it hard to know what to believe and to be in position to receive when you haven't discerned what truth is for sure. And even though you're leaning this way, this still is going. Right? Okay. So Acts. He's tongues of fire, he sat on each of them. They were all filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak 
with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now we know that in Acts 2 when they spoke and were speaking in tongues that there was people that actually heard them speaking in their own language. So we get real lineal and rigid with that and say well the only time you should ever pray in tongues is if it's to in- so another person in another language can hear God through you. Well, that's not what 2 Corinthians 14 teaches. It's 2 Corinthians 14 teaches, well, you'll just have to look it up. I'm, I, I, I'm really running out of time. 2 Corinthians 14 teaches that if I pray in the Spirit, or if I pray in other tongues, my spirit prays. Who's praying? I am. But where's the utterance coming from? My spirit. It says that I speak divine mysteries unto God. It has nothing to do with other people's languages. It's a language of the Spirit. I've been in my prayer closet, praying and worshiping, and praying in tongues, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God, I'd pray in tongues, and it would just come out, and I'd get the presence of God on me. It's happened to me more times than I can count, and it's really something, and I knew it was other tongues. I knew it was an interpretation, and God puts tongues and interpretation on the same exact level as prophecy. Tongues in my personal life is for spiritual edification, for divine mysteries, for communion with God, for building up my faith. Tongues in a public setting should be for the purpose of interpreting for the edification of all. So if I stop a meeting loud and blare out in tongues and everybody gets quiet and they're listening to me just praying in tongues, that ought to be interpreted so everybody can receive and be edified. Okay, it's important, but he's talking about in 12 and 14, he's talking about uh, in service settings and in personal life. He said, in public, I'd rather speak five words in English to you that you understand and a thousand words in tongues. But I'm glad I pray in tongues more than you all, meaning I understand this thing and I pray in tongues a lot. Praying in tongues is very powerful, very important. It unlocks truth and mysteries. And I've been in my prayer closet praying in tongues. And God Almighty would speak into my spirit in other tongues. And it would come out of my mouth. And then the interpretation through my own mouth in English, God sat talking to me. That's fun. First time it ever happened to me, I'm standing there just shaking and my heart's pounding. And I felt real like ushy-gushy, amazed, and like, God, you just spoke to me like really clear. But it was out of my own mouth by His Spirit. It was so, so powerful. I was standing there praying and I was and 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 I won't I don't won't get real personal and quote it, but it had the connotation of I've snatched you out of the darkness of life. You're in the light now, and you're mine. I've always loved you. And he just talking to me like that, and I'm going, and I'm talking, I'm talking. It's my voice, but it's him speaking through my spirit, through other tongues, and that's happened to me more times than I can remember. I've prayed at the altar for people, and I just felt a little like I needed to know something. Here's something just shake it. Yeah, and the Lord, you know, bam, just releasing mystery. Just why? Because you're not thinking so hard and getting in the soul. You're yielding to the Spirit. You're bearing witness of the Spirit in you. You're edifying yourself spiritually. You're praying in tongues, very aware that there's a spirit man inside of you that knows everything and has perfect love and perfect power. 
So tongues hooks you up. Praying in other tongues hooks you up to that truth. Pray in tongues often. Drive in your car and sing in the Spirit and sing with your understanding. Pray in the Spirit and pray with your understanding. I'll sing songs out real loud in the Spirit and I'll look to hear the interpretation and then I'll just begin to sing what I just sang. It's just fun. (laughs) Do it all the time. If you begin to just start flowing like that, you'll become very Spirit conscious. And you just purpose when you're praying in tongues, you sing in tongues, purposing that you're not just singing a heavenly song that nobody knows, but actually in your heart desire Holy Spirit to give you some interpretation. You'd be amazed how just driving in your car you can sing songs out of the heart of God. It's just fun. And if you never interpret, that's fine. You don't have to. Sometimes I'm driving and I just break out in tongues and I don't even know what I'm doing, but it feels good and I get loud. (laughs) But see, see, we got this monkey wrench. Well, tongues isn't for today. Well, how do I know it's here? Well, well, that was for that. And it's something so powerful, so scriptural, and so amazing. It's all through our Bible. Paul wrote chapters on it. Watch. Oh, Sue, I'm in so much trouble. Sue, I'm in trouble. Jesus, help me. They prayed in tongues. They prayed in tongues. Acts 8. Let's just go to Acts 8 real quick, real quick, real quick. You know what I think I'm going to have to do? Because I really want to nail this down tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just about ready to stand here and just pray in tongues and maybe it'll all work. These these are actually, are you getting something out of this? I think I need to finish this in the, in the first half tomorrow a little bit or take some time till break and then we'll just do some questions and end the whole next day with questions. Can we do that? Because yeah. there's too many vital scriptures. I can tell in my heart that this is important. Yeah. And then that'll give us ample time. Then we can just pray for people that want to be filled with Holy Spirit that have never prayed in tongues. Yeah. Because he's for you and that language is for you. A little, little Baptist girl came from Virginia with Mike and them a couple weeks back and they sent her to me and I don't know why they sent her to me. I said, why didn't you guys already pray for her? Because anybody that is filled with Holy Spirit that understands they're filled with Holy Spirit with praying with other tongues can pray for people and lay hands on them to be filled with Holy Spirit. And, uh, and uh, I know there was a question and we'll talk about it tomorrow a little bit but because the apostles... Peter and, and John traveled probably 35 to 50 miles, probably on foot or road something to go to Samaria because the believers were there. They got saved, but they weren't filled with Holy Spirit yet. None of them had been baptized yet with the Holy Spirit. But they thought it was so important that they took off to lay hands on them. And, you know, apostleship, esteem, authority, I would caution you, I would caution you in just creating a doctrine saying you can only receive Holy Spirit through an apostle. There was no apostle except the Lord Jesus Christ who is the apostle and high priest over our confession. It says Jesus Christ, the apostle and high priest over our confession. So there was no apostle in my bedroom that morning, but Jesus was. Right? We need to finish this tomorrow. I'm done. I'm closing my Bible. We will finish this. We're going to do pictures. Father, we just thank you for it. Just let it be clear tomorrow and just thank you, God, for what you're doing. God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing calendar and these gifts of love. I bless you, Lord. Pardon? I'm fine with that.
I, look, I am so free and secure in Christ, Vicky. 